Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Let me just open by saying, obviously a lot of people don't even know where New Zealand is. We do speak English, but if you can't understand me, it's the accent. I couldn't speak to the age of seven, that is true. I couldn't speak a word of English till five, started so badly between five and seven. So I am a walking miracle. I actually became New Zealand's top real estate salesman for seven years running. So God took a boy from small town, a little town, 3,000 people, uh, dropped out of school at 15, had 40 jobs by the time I was 20, so I've been around a bit. And then God entered my life and uh, the rest is history. We planted a church in New Zealand over 40 years ago now on the 4th of July, by the way, the 4th of July which is interesting. And uh, God's been very, very, very good to us. All I can say that. I want to introduce my darling wife, who obviously got the memo for the dress color this morning. And uh, stand up, babe. This is uh, my darling wife. We've been, we've been married over 50 years. And uh, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I deserve the clap, man. I deserve the clap, you know. No, it's all right, it's all right. And... Uh, I often say I'm no, I'm no expert at marriage. I've only been married one time. So, you know, I know some people have a bit more experience today. But uh, New Zealand is a beautiful country and I invite you down there. It's the first country to see the sunrise, first country in the world. And uh, we're 3,000 miles from Australia, so don't confuse us with that country, please. Um, so the thing is, is that New Zealand is the furthest place from Jerusalem. And I hear you've got a team going there next week. It's an incredible place. And uh, so furthest place, the gospel, Jesus said, will go to the uttermost part of the earth and it shall not return void. Amen. So I'm here today, part of that prophecy of Jesus many, many years ago. And so New Zealand also, let me just mention a couple of things to boast on my country. Uh, we invented or commercialized, I should say, we stole it from the jungle, but bungee jumping. Bungee jumping first was commercialized in New Zealand. And, uh, and so we've got a lot of firsts. Let me ask you this question. Who was the first man to climb Mount Everest? Somebody's clever here this morning. So Edmund Hillary, a Kiwi. Who was the second man? Doesn't matter. Let's move on this morning, all right? So in any case, it's great. But, you know, New Zealand, uh, of course, I met Pastor Jürgen and Leanne in New Zealand. They were pastoring in New Zealand. And they've been special friends of ours for many, many years. I love them dearly. You are blessed to have them here. Uh, no two ways about that. And in uh, any case, a photo hopefully comes up on the screen because when we were in that crazy period of lockdown, and I won't even try to get into that, but we still wanted to run our conference, right? So we had Pastor Jürgen as a hologram. Hologram. I don't know where they've got the photo. I did send it through. But he's a hologram preaching in New Zealand live. And we were able to walk around him and talk to him and, and so forth. So an incredible time. And so we love Pastor Jürgen and Leanne very, very, very much. Amen. And, you know, even during that uh, crazy time, I believe you can find the favor of God. Because you can find the favor of God even in the flood. Noah proved that, right? I mean, you can find the favor of God in the fire. The three Hebrew boys proved that, right? 
you can find the favor of God in the fight because let's be honest, Gideon proved that and you can find favor in the final days and there's going to be a generation that proves that. Can I hear an amen to that? And so I just want to commend your pastors because I know it wasn't an easy time for churches, no two ways about that. I don't have a lot of time to talk about it, but it was obviously unprecedented days. Um, I smelled a rat as soon as I heard about the new normal. I thought, this is not normal. Nothing normal about this, right? So the thing was, was that um, a lot of pastors obviously went into hiding, duck for cover. And uh, there's a scripture that says in Isaiah 56, it says, Blessed is the man who does this, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. But it says this, and this is, I think, you know, and I don't say it, uh, in, in any disrespectful way, but the majority of churches, his watchmen are blind, they are all ignorant, they are dumb dogs, they cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. You know, Jesus said that while good men slept, the enemy came in and sowed seed, the wrong kind of seed, right? And so many churches, I think, just, you know, went to sleep and the enemy came in like a flood. But I want to tell you today, God will raise up a righteous of standard. Hallelujah. Awakened church will arise in the midst of it all. And you'll find favor even in this season. Can I hear an amen? Well, let me pray for you. Father, I just want to thank you today for the word of God. And I speak blessing and anointing, oh God, and promise over these people. I pray, oh God, as we share the word of God today, that every heart would be encouraged. Every heart would be blessed. Oh God, I believe for that. In the wonderful name of Jesus, amen. Let me just say also, by the way, this couple down here, your couple, right? Yeah, you know, what God has put in your heart is going to come to pass. No two ways about it, it will happen. There's a seed that's been sown many years ago, and you know what that was. And I tell you now, not only has it been germinating in the ground, but when it comes forth, it will come forth just like a bamboo shoot, and it will grow very quickly and become very fruitful in your life. Praise the Lord. And uh, also, I know your wife's out with a baby, but this is a season of new beginnings for you, obviously. And, uh, but it's a season of new beginnings in the spiritual too. First in the natural, then in the spiritual. And so there's going to be new things and God wants you to be ready. God will put in your hand and whatever is in your hand, use it for the glory of God. You know, Samson, he slew a thousand people with just a jawbone of an ass. David brought down Goliath with just a sling, right? Whatever's in your hand will be a powerful weapon against the devil. Amen. Let, let me begin reading, and I hope I don't talk too fast for you this morning. And uh, so just smile at me, look at me. Don't look at me like a cow looking at a strange gate, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. I need all the help I can get, right? So in any case, uh, I love your country. I have ridden a Harley Davidson around your country many times. Uh, I, I, one time, a nine-week tour, 22,000 miles, a long way, and I rode into a town, preached on Sunday, rode out of town. I felt like, you know, the Pony Express, man, and uh, rode into another town. We went up the country, down the country, across the country to, you know, every state. So it was an amazing time. And so we're planning on coming back in July to another Harley ride. And any Harley Davidson riders here? I knew I'm among friends this morning. You are specially anointed by God, all of you this morning. First Samuel chapter, uh, sorry, First Peter chapter 5. Let me just read this scripture. Humble yourselves. Everybody say, humble yourselves. Under the mighty hand of God that he might exalt you in due time. And I want to thank the AV this morning also because I need their help. Uh, he will exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. 
I mean, we could go home just on that, right? He cares for you. Hallelujah. Be sober. There's a word for someone. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing the same sufferings experienced by your brotherhood in the world in New Zealand. But may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you've suffered a while, we don't like that verse, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you to him. Be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. I have to say that Hero production that you've just done and doing again today, I've been around church obviously a long time now, and that is one of the best productions that I've seen. Absolutely incredible. Well done. And I have to say that my darling wife, and uh, she won't have time this morning, maybe in the next service, but she is the best prophetic voice. And I'm not just saying this. She has prophesied. Over, the, over, over all the spiritual giants that you know in your country, throughout this land, throughout this nation, and around the world. And uh, so she's just an incredible woman of God in her own right. And uh, also that she washes my socks for me. Hallelujah. So the scripture here clearly says that we have an enemy. The Bible calls him an adversary. The one who is against us. And it actually names him right there in verse 8. The devil. He's on walkabout. Your whole hero production shows that. A lot of people don't like talking about the devil. But can I just say, the Bible's full of the devil. From Genesis to Revelation, right? Right throughout. And too many people are ignorant of his devices. And the Bible says, Paul says, do not be ignorant of his devices, right? And so it says that he's on walkabout. That's what the Aboriginals do in Australia, walkabout. But he's on walkabout. That's why they can't play rugby as good as us. Hallelujah. But the thing is, I had to put that in there. Um, it tells us that he's seeking. And for those who don't know what rugby is, it's a game played in heaven, so you better get used to it. That he's seeking, looking. You guys are so funny, you know. I mean, you, you have the World Series baseball among yourselves. Hello, you guys need to get out more, right? But I do, I do like you from one perspective because, you know, the thing is, is that our national emblem is a, is a kiwi, right? A lot of people think it's a kiwi fruit. There's nothing fruity about us, by the way. No, it's a kiwi bird. It's a flightless bird. You guys have got the eagle, man. It soars with God in the heavens, right? I mean, all we got is a dumb flightless bird. But if I had time, I'd tell you what I learned the other day. We did have an eagle in New Zealand. You can Google it. It was the largest eagle in the world, and it's extinct now. Uh, they all curled and eaten, but that's a whole other story. In any case, I better move on. So the scripture tells us what the devil's like. He's like a, a typecast, like a roaring lion. Now, there's a photo of a lion that comes up on the screen, but I want you to know today the scripture not only tells us what he's like, but he's out to devour us. John, John chapter 10, Jesus said, the devil comes to rob kill and destroy. Some people need to wake up this morning, right? And understand this. Even more importantly, the scripture here in 1 Peter tells us how we can overcome the devil. Everybody say overcome. And so we don't want to end up like steak on the plate for him, right? We don't want to end up a casualty. And the first point here to overcome the devil is to humble yourself. Turn to the person beside you and say, that's good news for us. Yeah. I was going to say, tell them to humble themselves, but you better not because it probably starts with you, right? So 1 Peter 5, let's reiterate, for all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, for God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humility 
is a great weapon against the enemy. You know, when one gets prideful, arrogant, boastful, you basically attract the devil into your life. Like a shark attracted to blood. The devil is attracted to pride. Now listen, listen. If you've got ears to hear. If pride can turn an archangel into a devil, what do you think it can do to mankind? If you've got ears to hear, if pride can turn an archangel into a devil, what do you think it can do to mankind? See, the proud are a fair target and fair game. And he doesn't only want to take you down, he wants to devour you. He wants to consume you, he wants to destroy you. But the key to overcoming is to not only humble yourself, but resist the devil and submit to God. Come on, say amen, somebody. So the devil only has access to the unsubmitted areas of our lives. Jesus said the devil comes and he's got no foothold in me, right? And so we're not destined or we're not designed to carry pride. We're not designed to carry stress. (laughs) We're not designed to carry unforgiveness. We're not designed to carry envy or jealousy or bitterness and all those things or offense. You know, a lot of people say, the church hurt me. I say, what, did the roof fall in or something? I mean, I mean, I know why people like working with the whales, right? I mean, you can't hang around in church more than six months without getting offended. Hello? If you're being hurt, join the line. Things happen in life. But we overcome, we don't hold offense. Can I hear an amen to that? These things will allow the devil to have a place in your life and he will kill you and destroy you. I've seen so many casualties in the body of Christ. It's not funny. And so it says here that in the Gospels to cast all your cares upon the Lord. You see, my friend, when you're carrying all the spiritual baggage, you're going to get weighed down. You're going to get bogged down. And the Scripture says, lay aside in Hebrews 12, lay aside every sin or every weight that so easily entangles you. You've got to walk through life a little lighter than perhaps you did yesterday. Because the weight will take you down. It's like in the water, right? And so you've got to run not behind the pack. You've got to be in the pack. Let me talk about it. See, there are those whom the devil can, and there are those whom the devil cannot. As I said, Jesus said, the devil's got no place in me. So let's be honest. Let's talk about a lion for a moment. An elephant... And there's a photo of an elephant on the screen. He can walk straight past a lion. And even though the lion's the king of the jungle, the lion just looks up at the elephant and says, have a nice day. We were actually at the Texas Zoo. My my family, my oldest, sorry, my youngest son, he's 49 years of age now. Him and his family have just moved to Texas. And uh, we took our grandkids to the the zoo. Mind you, they're all teenagers. But we saw that because the reason we're at the zoo is because Six Flags was closed. So, the elephant was there. Now, remember the lion's called the king of the jungle. Now, the lion is not the biggest cat. Can I just give you a little bit of a thought this morning? Are you okay? The lion's not the biggest cat in the jungle. It's the second biggest cat in the jungle. The tiger is bigger. Thank you, A.V., appreciate it. Now, the lion is also not the fastest either. The cheetah is the fastest. The cheetah uh, runs about... 110, 120 kilometers an hour, which is about 80, I guess, 80 miles an hour. We work in kilometers down under. And a lion can only run about 80, which is about 60 miles an hour, right? Now, a lion also is not as fit as a wolf. 
A wolf is the fittest. It goes for miles and miles and miles, up hills, down valleys, right? Photo of a wolf. And a lion is not the most stealthiest of the jungle either. Remember, the devil is likened to a lion, not likened to these other cats. A photo of a leopard. The leopard is the most stealthiest. So if a lion is not the most biggest or the fastest or the fittest or the one who's got the most stealth, why does the Bible liken him to a lion? Why is the devil likened to a lion? Why is he not likened to a tiger? Because let's be honest, for some, the devil seems so big at times. Why isn't he likened to a tiger? Who is the biggest? Why isn't he likened to a cheetah? I mean, even the word cheat would describe the devil pretty well, right? I mean, why isn't he likened to a wolf? Because we talk about wolf in sheep's clothing. And even a leopard, you know, very sneaky, full of stealth. So why is he not likened to these other cats? Why is a lion called the king of the jungle? Now, the scripture says, stay alert, be vigilant. I'm trying to help you this morning. We've got to study. We've got to learn. And so we need to know how the lion gets his dinner, how the lion gets his prey. I've been to a game park. I've just come from South Africa just recently, and I've been to Tanzania. We, we support a whole village there. But I've been to the game park, and I've seen the big five and so forth. And how does a lion overcome its prey? How does it devour its prey so nothing's left? Now, especially since he's not the biggest, he's not the one with the most stealth, he's not the fittest, he's not the fastest, but the lion has a game plan. He's got a game plan. And the Bible says our adversary, as I repeat it to reiterate, is likened to a devouring lion. So we better pay attention because I've just come here to help somebody in their life this morning. Maybe this will save you just to sort this morning, right? So what does a lion do? Well, number one, you can write this down. The lion has got eyes for the young people. Make no mistake about it. Verse 5 says, You younger men likewise be subject to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. For God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to them. When I first got saved, I thought I knew everything. My eyes were open. I thought, man, I know too much now. I could never backslide. I had these thoughts going through my mind. I just thought, wow, you know, God opened my eyes. Does anybody here like that, you know? Just a couple of honest people. And it's so easy to not be told anything. Not, you think you know it all, and you become an island to yourself. And so young people, do you know only one, talking about seed, my dear, only one seed out of four makes it through in the parable that Jesus spoke about. Young. And so young people lack experience, don't they? I know we think we all growed up at 13 or 14 or 12 today, whatever. But we lack experience on the tactics and skills of surviving, the practice of doing life. Number two, the lion has eyes for the weak ones. This is how it gets us prey. Weak ones, wounded ones, ones carrying offense, ones carrying disappointment, one, one carrying envy or jealousy, whatever it is. Those who are carrying these things, disillusioned people. You know, pastors, God bless, are often like medics in the field. They're taking care of wounded people often right? Helping people who get shot from both sides at times. <laughs> but wounded people attract the enemy. And that's why we've got to stay strong. One transition says stay spiritually well. And you know, we can find healing and forgiveness in the name of Jesus. Can I hear an amen to that? So not only attacks the young and attacks the weak, and I've seen lions do this. They attack on the edge of the pack or the edge of the flock, I can say. They attack on the fringe. 
This is how they do it. It's a dangerous place to be outside the flock. Come on now. I said it's a dangerous place to be outside the flock, outside the herd. The lion goes after the loners, those who are by themselves. When you are slipping out, you become a target. And I've seen so many people slip out of church for so many reasons. I often say there's plenty of excuses, but no good ones. That is why it's important to stay planted. Planted in the house of the Lord. Planted in the flock. It's interesting, the Bible does not talk about disciple. It talks about disciples. It does not talk about believer. It talks about believers. We are part of a body, the body, the church, the flock of God. And so we're likened to sheep. I want you to think about this this morning. And our enemy is likened to a lion. Now you think about it. It is so unfair. I'm in New Zealand. We had 60 million sheep. I think we're down to 40 million now. They want to kill the cows and kill the sheep because they think they're warming the planet. Hello. How thick can you be and still breathe? So the thing is, is that we're likened to a sheep. I've worked on a sheep farm. Now a sheep cannot kick, scratch, bite. It can't even clean itself. It can't protect itself. The only protection, and Jesus called you a sheep. I didn't. I wouldn't be that rude. The only protection for a sheep is a shepherd. Woo! Come on now. You need to hear that. I said the only protection for a sheep is a shepherd. Yes. I often say, if you don't have a pastor, you're on your way to disaster. This is just what it is, friend. So I praise God for pastors. In Acts 20, verse 28, Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among whom the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you. He didn't call the devil wolves. He called some people wolves. Will come in among you, not spurring the flock. And so we need to pray for our pastor. We need to support and encourage. You know, it is true. I mean, there are not many good churches. I've been around a lot. And the reason is, is because there's not many good pastors. You've got good pastors, I can tell. And Pastor Jürgen and Leanne. And good pastors are hard to find. No two ways about that. A lot of people think, you know, building a church is just up to the Holy Spirit. Well... If it was just that, there'd be great churches all over the place. Right? I mean, I love the Holy Ghost. Of course we need the Holy Ghost. I'm not saying that. But the church is built on leadership. The doctrine of apostles and prophets. You've got to read your Bible. It's a good thing to read your Bible, right? And so the Bible says, strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. In other words, you'd be very vulnerable. I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to be biblical. I I didn't write this book. I praise God, of course, for the great shepherd called Jesus. But too many people think it's just them and Jesus. John chapter 10, Jesus, of course, is a great shepherd. He lays his life down. Let's have a look at John chapter 10, verse 1. 
Most assuredly, I say to you, who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. The thief does not come except to steal, kill and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I'm the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. And that's what pastors do, right? Man, it's not easy being a pastor. Believe me, after 40 years, don't you think I've had reason to walk out on the church? Hello? People are like elevators, man. They take you up and take you down. But we love them. Hebrews 13, verse 20. Now may the God of peace who brought up the, 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 the Lord Jesus from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you that is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ. I better move on. The devil, the lion, seeking whom he made a vow. Now listen, it's not so much because of the attention of the lion, it's because of the lack of the attention of the prey. Wow. Wow. So you've got to pay attention to your life. Now in the house, in the flock, can I just say this? The further in you are, the safer you are. That's why it pays to be committed. That's why it pays to be an obed Edom. An obed Edom. You may not have never heard of him, but he's in the book 28 times because he's a servant in the house of the Lord. So number one, humble yourself. I've got to move quickly. Number two, be sober-minded. Verse 8 said that. Remember I read it to you? So sober-minded is opposite to being drunk, right? Hello? Hey, I'll go first. I was a wayward teenager, right? I had a misspent youth. People who are drunk come in four stages or four types. First of all, there's the angry type. Put up your hands if you're one of those. No, don't do that. But, but they're the ones who are looking for a fight the whole time. They're very vulnerable. They get drunk and, and they've lost all their senses and they're critical. Everything is wrong. The music's too loud. The temperature's not right. The usher didn't scrape me. I mean, everything's wrong. They're the angry ones, right? I mean, they're just looking for a fight. Who touched me? I know I'm not talking about awakened church. I'm talking about the church down the road. And then there's a the complaining type, right? Anybody here been around? The complaining time. Everything's just too hard and too much. Oh, they're talking about giving again. They spoke about giving again, sowing seed. Why do we need to serve? These are the complaining type. They get drunk and they complain about everything, you know? Crying in their bed the next life. Let's just talk about it. The poor me. You know? I'm going down the garden to eat worms. Long fat Jesus. You know that song? All right. I won't sing it then. <laughs> Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm going, yeah, okay. So life's unfair. Why did he get a new car and not me? Why did he get healed and not me? They cry in their beer, but the fighters are throwing their beer. We've got these kind of people in the church back in New Zealand. I know you don't have them here in America. And then, of course, the last group is a happy group. Now, I know, I know we've got some holy people here who don't have a clue what I'm talking about. But see, I know why, why sinners do what they do, right? Because I was the chief of all sinners. They go out and get plastered. Then they throw up. Then they wake up in the morning, got a thumping headache, can't remember a thing. Man, did I have a good night. And then they go and do it all again. But the happy type, carefree type, they don't matter. Nothing matters. We'll just drive the car. We'll just, everything's a big joke. They got no sense of responsibility. 
Oh, why bother going to church today? I'll sleep in the sunshine. Let's go to the beach. I mean, they'll jump off a roof. If you, if you know anything about the happy type of people who are drunk, you know, they'll swim in the wild surf with their jeans on. Right? I mean, <laughs> right? So drunk people, some of you know, the room spins. It gets out of control. And, and you, you get very sick. That's why the Bible says be sober. And I'm not talking about getting, I'm not talking about in the natural, although the Bible says don't get drunk in the natural, let's be honest. Because your defenses go down. But I'm talking about in the spiritual. First in the natural, then in the spiritual. People can be drunk. I'm not talking about being drunk in the spirit, falling over. I'm not to... But guess what? Drunk people can be a target and are a target. And so the scripture says, be sober, be alert, be vigilant, or else you're going to become a target. And you've got to spot the ambush. Can I hear an amen to that? It's just like, listen, friend, and I have to confess. I mean, we were down at a restaurant yesterday down at Del Mar, and we, I had dessert. And I said, yeah, you better bring one for my wife. He said, it'll be big enough for two of you. Big enough for two of us is big enough for four of us. I think I put on about 10 kg since I've been in America. I know everything's big in Texas, but, I mean, your meals are ridiculous, right? Now I've got to go home and fast to get off and, you know, any case. But listen, if you're on a diet, if you're on a diet, stay out of the bakery. Hello. I mean, you've got to use some common sense in this. If you're on the computer and it pops up, angels want to speak to you. Guess what? It's not a call from heaven. I mean, there are places that particularly young people, you don't want to go. I don't even like going to the beach today. I mean, there are places you don't want to go, clubs or bars or whatever. And I'm not putting any legalistic thing here. I'm just trying to help you be smart. Proverbs says, don't go near the harlot's house. Because if you do, you're going to end up in there, right? Eyes wide open. In our opening scripture, 1 Peter says, not only humble yourself and not only be sober-minded, the enemy is like a roaring lion, but then the last point is resist him. Everybody say resist him. Resist him. Now, they tell me this, and I've never experienced it. I have been very close to a lion about this distance, but the lion was very preoccupied with a lioness. Click, click, click. (laughs) It was nearly pornographic, but click, click. In any case. But they tell me when you're faced with a lion, you should never run. You should stand. You look the lion in the eye and you resist him steadfastly. That's what they say to do. Now, I'm not sure whether I want to put that to the test. I think it's similar with a bear, right? I was crazy. I was riding through the Rockies and had my helmet on. We normally ride in T-shirts and without helmets in the States we can. But in any case, we're in Canada and, you know, there are different people up there, aren't they? My wife's Canadian. Hallelujah. (laughs) And I had to put that in there. But, but I, I, think, I, I think I've knocked it all out of her, you know. I mean, it's been a long time, you know. Came out to New Zealand when she was 12. So in any case, there's some beers and everybody was parked up, you know. So I go, being a Kiwi boy, we're very adventurous, you know. We're very outdoorsy. We've got no wild animals in New Zealand at all. No snakes, no crocodiles. All those live in Australia. We've got nothing, man. The only thing you've got to watch out is people, right? And so, so the thing is, is that... I went into the woods following the bear 
and it had cubs. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, you know, you're supposed to stay away from these things, right? But I wanted the photo. Selfie. <laughs> and this ranger yelled at me. Any case. But they tell me you just stand there and resist the devil. Let's read Ephesians 6 as we bring this to a close this morning. Finally. Some people are saying, praise the Lord. I can't understand a word he's saying. He says he's speaking English. It sounds like tongues to me. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so you may be able to stand firm, stand firm, stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against forces of far, uh, world force in the darkness, against the spiritual force of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day. Having done everything, stand firm, stand firm. Man, how many times does it have to tell us? Stand firm, therefore having girded your loins with truth. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, addition, take up the shield of faith, which are able to extinguish all the flames of the arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation. Come on, somebody. A helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. Hallelujah. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for the saints. So my friend, Coming right back to our opening scripture in 1 Peter, I want to tell you this. You're not alone. I know particularly young people think they're the only one going through this. I joked, did I not? In the green room, I said, isn't it interesting when ladies have their first baby? It's like they're the only ones in the world and all respect to you ladies. And by the way, I know what a woman is. I'm just saying. Our Prime Minister, our new Prime Minister, we got rid of the last one. Well, she resigned. You know, she told New Zealand that she was the sole source of truth. Do you believe that? Wow. I, I, I mean, the whole of New Zealand should have woken up. But they're asleep. And so our new Prime Minister was asked just the other day, Chris Hipkins is his name, what is a woman? He could not answer the question. He stumbled, he fell, you can see it on YouTube. What is a woman? God help us. And he came up at the end and says... Well, whatever people identify themselves to be. What disrespect is that to, to all you wonderful ladies? And so, you know, sometimes we think we're the only ones going through something. You're struggling in your marriage. Maybe finances aren't where they're supposed to be. Remember there's a verse that I read before that I said we don't like, but you're not alone, friend. Young person, you're not alone. What you're experiencing, verse 9 says, verse 9 says, knowing that others are going through the same thing. And then it says, May the God of all grace, who called us into eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you've suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and set. See, life is a journey. Jesus said, come follow me, and I will make you. You get made in the following. He didn't tell them where they were going, by the way. If He told them where they were going, they probably wouldn't have come, right? And it says, perfect a step. All I can say is after over 50 years of walking with the Lord, and what happened in my, my story very quickly, but as a 12-year-old boy, my dad died. And man, that can be devastating to any teenager, right? Young kid trying to find themselves. 
And my sister took me along to a, a kind of crusade thing. And I found myself, as the guy was giving the altar call, I didn't know what the gospel was. Wasn't brought up a Christian. I played rugby, rode horses, swam, did everything you did back in the 50s, 60s. And many asked people to give their life to Christ. I found myself standing with tears coming down my eyes as a 12-year-old boy. And I knew that I knew that I knew I was called to preach the gospel. I didn't know what the gospel was. The only preacher I'd ever heard about was Billy Graham because he'd just been to New Zealand. Now I'm from a small town, 3,000 people in the country. I was brought up on a farm. So in my town, I went and asked a Presbyterian minister, how do I become a preacher? He said I had to go to university. And he just shattered my dream. I'm not blaming him. But nobody went to university from small town Stratford in those days. It was like going to Planet Strange. It was like going to another. I know here in America, everybody goes off to university. In, in, in my time back then, nobody went to university. Maybe in the city you did. And so I got in with the wrong crowd. They got in with me. And as I said, I became a very wild, misspent youth. But I knew God had called me to preach the gospel. I couldn't shake it. I'd be as drunk as a skunk. And I'd be talking about God. Didn't know anything about Him. But I knew He existed. I wasn't that stupid. You look up at the stars and say, what's it all about? How did I get here? Where am I going? See, God's put eternity in the heart of every person. And everybody asks those questions. And then the age of 20, 21 into my life, walked a Presbyterian minister's daughter. She took me along to a little church. They were clapping. They were lifting up their hands. I thought, what a bunch of idiots. You only did that in the pub, you know? And I ran out of that place. The demons in me had to leave. Just like in the film, The Chosen, if you've seen it. Not The Chosen, sorry. Uh, Jesus Revolution movie. I watched it here in America. Great movie. Because I'm a product of that. Back in the 70s. I swept to New Zealand. And maybe, I'm not sure what's happening in universities over here, but I'm praying and hoping that revival again sweeps the world. We need it. And so even in New Zealand, I was a product of that Jesus revolution back in the 70s, late 60s. And so I got filled with the Holy Ghost, long story short. And now I'm fulfilling that call as a 12-year-old boy to preach the gospel. And all I can say is after 50 years, Jesus has never let me down. He's never failed me, nor has He forsaken me. He's my best friend. Amen. Has it always been easy? Obviously not. What was that sign we saw the other day? We've been through a lot together, and most of it's your fault. No, just kidding. I mean... To Him be the glory, it says here. Perfect, establish, strengthen and settle you. To Him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. So my friend, humble yourself. Be sober. Alert, in other words. And what's the last one? What's the last point I mentioned? Resist Him. Father, we want to thank You for Your Word today. I pray Your blessing over all those, Lord, that have opened up their heart and their ear. And I pray, oh God, that You would do the work that only You can do. My friend, just as while we're in prayer, I know there are many Christians here, obviously. Maybe there's an area of your life that you just need to give over to God right now. 
You need to say, God, I'm just going to humble myself. I give you this area. Maybe it is that pornography on the computer. Maybe it is going to the wrong places. Maybe it is bitterness and envy, jealousy, offense, whatever it is. You need to give that over to God right now. Just while heads are bowed and eyes closed. You need to say to the Lord, Lord, forgive me. I humble myself before you. I tell you, my friend, you don't want to leave this place the same way you walked in. And there'll be another group of people here today. People who are yet to make a decision for Christ. Or maybe you did once, but you've fallen away from Him. You're not at peace with God. You're not right with Him. If you were to meet your maker today, you know you'd be in trouble. Jesus made it very clear. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. He's the only one that ever came back from the dead. Friend, today, if you want to make peace with God, get right with God. Give your life to Jesus. Get your name written in the book. Either as a first-time commitment or a recommitment. While heads about and eyes closed, I want you just to look up at me and lift up your hand towards heaven. And I'll see that hand. And I'm here to help you today, not to embarrass you, but to help you. Just simply put up your hand, let me see it, then you can put it down. I'm looking around. I'm looking around. I know that it's a 9 a.m. service, but there could be somebody here today who says, Peter, that's me. Come on, friend. Up the back there. God bless you, my friend. Somebody else here today. Come on, just simply put up your hand. Don't wait for anybody else. This is your moment. Maybe your heart's been a little faster than normal. Maybe butterflies are going around in your stomach, but you know that you need to get right with God. Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on, friend. Just slip up your hand. Slip it up. Let me see it. Thank you. God bless you, dear. Is there anybody else? Join these couple of people. Come on. One last call. I know it can take a moment for some, and that's fine. Another lady in here. Thank you, my dear. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? One last call, please. Wonderful Jesus. This is what I want us to do, friend. I love, love us all to stand. Can we do that? Love us all to stand. And my time has gone, and I appreciate that. But I do want to pray very quickly for those ones who slipped up their hand because I honour that. And I'd also like to pray. I can do this very fast in the twinkling of an eye. I can pray for all those people who are struggling with an area of their life right now. And you know that you need to put that under the submission of God. And if, if that's you, if you were in that kind of first lot of category, I want you to come. And stand down here. I'll pray for you. It may be quick, but I'll tell you what God can do in a moment of time. <laughs> counselors can't do in a lifetime. I said counselors can't do in a lifetime. I believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. I believe in the anointing of God to break every chain. So you come, you come. You come down here. All those people who got addictions in your life, you got things you need to overcome. You got things you need to submit God to. Come on down over here. Come on. You come, young person. That prideful person, the boastful person, the arrogant person. Come on, I'm not going to ask you what it is. I just want you to come. I'm here to help you today. I believe in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Come on. And those people, those three or four people, listen now, who slipped up their hand to receive Jesus. This is so important too. You know, I often say this, Jesus walked to the cross for you. The least you could do is walk to the front of the church to Him. And, and He's here to help you. You're not alone. And so those three or four people that put up the hand right at the back and in there and over there, I want you to come and just stand down here. I just want to lead you to prayer very quickly. But I believe it's a prayer that will change your life. Would you come? Ask the person beside you to bring you. Come on. 
You come, you come, you come. You come, you come, you come. Come on. Come on. All those people. I'm still waiting. God bless you. Wonderful. God bless you too. There's a gentleman up there, I think, that put up his hand. The lady in there. Come over here, buddy. Another person over there. I know, but I can't. Sometimes it's like pulling teeth, and I'm not here to pull teeth. I'm here to pray and help you. Let's say this prayer together. And everybody say it. There's another lady coming. She wants to come. Give her a big hand as she comes. This is important. God bless you. So, so wonderful. You know, I did this many years ago and it changed my life for the better. And I just, let's say this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you today that you would draw me to yourself. I ask you right now to come into my life and forgive me my sin. I thank you, Lord, that you died for me, gave your life for me, and I now give you my life. And I thank you for receiving me into your kingdom in Jesus' name. Father, bless these ones, I pray today. Touch them by the power of your Spirit. Do the work that only you can do in Jesus' wonderful name. And Father, I pray, oh God, Father, for these people, particularly these young people, oh God, who come today. Lift up your hands to Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray the power of God to break every chain. Lord, to pour forth your Spirit, to let them know that you're for them and not against them, Lord, and bless them today. In the name of Jesus, I pray the power of the Holy Ghost to anoint them, Father, with fresh oil. Touch them. In the name of Jesus, I pray the power of the Holy Ghost, Father. I believe for them today in the name of there's a power of God. Right now, Lord, touch them, oh God. Lord, I believe for them the anointing of God, the blessing of God over each one of them, Father. In the name of Jesus, Father, touch this young woman today. Let her know that you're for her. Lord, the devil's tried to give her lies, but Lord, you are the sole source of truth. And oh God, I bless her today. Let the power of God be over her life and her life and through her life and take her life and use it for your glory. Be strong in the Lord and do great and mighty exploits, young lady. In the name of Jesus, I want to say to you, young man, I tell you right now, get your feet firmly planted in the house of God. You'll be surprised at what God can do in and through your life. In Jesus' name, oh, in Jesus' name. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.